Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. You're here for a special episode of the Great Dive Podcast. Not only is it with James and Brando, but it's also with three super awesome shark chicks, scuba diving women, friends of both of ours, and really fun people. We had a nice long conversation the other night talking about women in diving and shark conservation. And of course, because they were talking with myself and Brando, we got uh, rambling off topic from time to time, but overall had a ton of fun. Uh, Looking forward to you guys listening to this episode and sending us some feedback. I hope you all enjoy it. This is our conversation with Jamie, Stephanie, and Katie. Enjoy. Here we go. <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> How much does diving with sharks cost? The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. An arm and a leg. Do you know um, why they're called air sharks? They're really good at CPR. You know, let, let me let me tell you a little story. Let's see if it doesn't spark something. So my um, so there I was. There I was. I, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> Okay, well, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. You're here with your old pal Jamesy and your old Johnson and his comrade in arms. I'm waiting. Bull shark shark Brando. Because I'm or should it be uh, should be bullshit shark Brando? Whoa, here we go. And we are also joined with three attractive ladies. You can't Katie, say that. Jamie. No matter how true it is, you can't what? say it. What? I just said it. What do you mean? <laughs> I just said it. You, you're, said you're aiming for another one star, James. I'm ready to take this one star on because uh, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm with three you. dear women to me that uh, I consider friends as well as lovely, attractive, kick ass scuba women in this community. So if anybody gets mad at me for calling them attractive, um, I will see you underwater in a shark cage. <laughs> no holds barred. <laughs> Jamie, Stephanie, and Katie, uh, welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Great. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah, great to be here. What a crowd. What a group. It's an honor. Super fun. So, um, you know, we just finished up. We had the big International Women's Diving Day, which is a big deal nowadays and we ran right into shark week and discovery going and start talking about the uh the valerie taylor episode and the ocean ramsey episode which was suggested to us by katie and i thought it was a great idea 
And then we had a little bit of a controversy because we, we happened to mention that we also, amongst all the accomplishments of those ladies, we happened to mention that we thought they were attractive too. And we got some heat for that. And, but I, I, I thought even before that came in that I thought like having a chat with some ladies of scuba that are from varying backgrounds in the industry, you know, from long time seasoned divers of, of multiple uh, certifications and instructor levels to new divers to someone involved with diving in the government, uh, just some really cool stuff. And I'd like to get some perspectives about women in diving and shark diving and shark conservation is really where this all got started from. So if we can take a, just a quick moment and um, get just like a little background for all the people that are listening that, that can't see your lovely faces smiling at me um, and just give us a little who you are and where you're from kind of a thing. And like a little bit of your diving history, you don't have to start at page one of your logbook <laughs> and go through every one, but uh, just some generals. So Jamie, can we start with you? Yeah, for sure. We can definitely start with me. Uh, so I've been diving since about 2006. I was actually uh, got into it because I was going to Australia to visit a friend and I had someone else, uh, another friend of mine say, hey, if you're going, why don't you go dive the Great Barrier Reef? So no word of a lie, my like sixth dive was jumping into the waters of the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Uh, anyway, so let's just fast forward to now. Uh, so these days, I uh, love cave diving. I uh, love going uh, to warm water destinations, liveaboards especially, uh, you know, sort of a nice, nice, easier, relaxed Caribbean type diving. Uh, and I'm also a uh, an instructor uh, certified to teach up to the Trimix level. And uh, on top of all that, did I did I say I go? I love cave diving as well. You um, did. You're uh, you are definitely one of like the the Renaissance diving women because you, you do it all. I mean, you're uh, you're an avid Canadian Great Lakes diver, shipwreck diver. You do a lot of inland cold water which would a lot of people would say are just the crappy dives that you only do just to get certified and then you go someplace nice but you do it all i mean you got you do warm water caribbean trips and liveaboard trips and cave diving trips and tech diving trips and so you're a huge wonderful resource and you've seen some sharks in your day absolutely what's your favorite shark oh uh you know what? I absolutely love uh, whale sharks. They've got to be one of my favorite. I have yet to figure out a way to actually keep up with them in the water. Um, right, because one so one wiggle of their tail is a million miles an hour of swimming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, even just hanging out on the reef watching, you know, the Caribbean reef sharks, whether, you know, the, the white tips or the black tips just swim around and and uh, it's just mesmerizing to to watch them. Um, there was one particular dive that I remember when we were in Turks and Caicos, and um, you could literally just watch the pattern that the sharks kept swimming. And then if you moved a little bit, they'd change up their pattern and just keep going. And it just absolutely love watching that. Just hang out and chill. You know, I could literally watch sharks on every dive do things like that. Oh, yeah, totally. Katie, how about you? Katie, the, the brainchild of uh, this last couple of episodes. Um, well, I would say I've been diving for an entire year and a half. 
Um, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you, I, I, I want to do everything in diving and, and I'm excited to someday be a colleague instead of a student, even though you're always really a student and hopefully that happens before you're all dead. But um, <laughs> I don't have a favorite shark. She, Brando, told. she's looking right at you. you <laughs> know. Who's that directed at? What, what's the deal? <laughs> um, I really would love to dive with sharks and I, so I don't have a favorite, but I do have a least favorite. Go ahead. Um, have you ever seen a goblin shark? Because I've seen not, not with my own, uh, no, in the water, but you've, but you've Googled it or seen it yes, yes. somewhere. Has anybody not? Now is this, is you, why don't you like the goblin shark? Because it's unattractive. Well, I feel like people should Google it right now. If they've never seen it, everybody Google goblin shark. Right now, they're cute. I love them. That thing is terrifying. <laughs> Let me ask you though: What does Why? the goblin shark eat? Do we really have to be worried about what uh, about a goblin shark? I can just tell you, being a nurse, blood doesn't bother me. Vomit doesn't bother me. What bothers me are people's dentures, and that shark looks like it has the most <laughs> ill-fitting dentures I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh so it's not that it's going to eat you and swallow you whole no that is a great idea though i think spielberg could take you up on is the remake of jaws is with the go goblin shark it's like the a freddy, giant one the freddy cougar of sharks it's a it's a, it is a that is a you know, it's that one and the, uh, the the sand tigers off the carolina coast yeah, but they have, have they, a little bit of that Freddy Krueger fieriness to them. But in reality, neither of them are that like you know dangerous of a shark when you consider the dangerousness of sharks. I'm totally judging it based on looks, like you know. So because it's Isn't that how we should judge everything. You're judging it because <laughs> wait, you're judging it because it's unattractive. So it's not just Brando and I that are right. Pigs, you're all involved. That are pigs that judge unattractiveness. <laughs> Not the accomplishments of the, the goblin right. shark and what the goblin shark does for, to keep the uh, ocean biology in uh, 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 an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The goblin shark donates to breast cancer awareness right? <laughs> a lot of money. And you guys. <laughs> if men can Destroyed. judge based on looks, then so can we. Here, here it is. Here, here. Stephanie, how about you? Can uh, can we get a little introduction from Stephanie? Hello, I am coming to you live from beautiful Alpena, Michigan, the heart of the Great Lakes, really, right in the middle. And but I'm not from here. I'm from Big Sky Country, uh, from Montana. What Lots of sharks. What kind there. of sharks do they have in Montana? <laughs> Land sharks. Land sharks. Lone sharks. <laughs> Lone sharks. Yeah. Lone sharks. Very good. And I've been diving since 1997, um, in the beginning years, not as much as I dive now. And I love diving, of course, that's why we're all here. And I'm, I'm very fortunate I get to do it for my, my day job and my weekend job. I'm an underwater archeologist for uh, a national marine sanctuary. In fact, the first national marine sanctuary in the Great Lakes, Thunder Bay, there is a second one now. So we can't be 
what we were for 20 years, which was the only freshwater national marine sanctuary because uh, Wisconsin Shipwreck Coast National Marine Sanctuary was designated last uh, August. Oh, it was official. It's official now. It's official. That's oh, exactly wonderful. right. Okay, great, great. Very exciting. Um, Here's and... the second place, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll always be after us. And they're smaller. So... First place of the losers. <laughs> That's right. They're only about 900 some square miles. We're 4,300 square miles. Um, but we protect shipwrecks, not sharks. But we are part of a system that protects sharks all over the world all over the the ocean um and, and it was particularly america's waters and my favorite shark if, is that if that's still a question that we're talking it absolutely about, is yes is the cutest little critter i saw and i i kind of chased him a little bit and i know i shouldn't have but i couldn't help myself i didn't touch him i didn't harass him except for chased him a little with my camera was a, a bull shark not a bull shark a bullhead shark <laughs> I wouldn't chase a bull shark, um, a bullhead shark. And now I have to check that that name. I will here in a second in the Galapagos. And they're like two feet long and they've got the cutest little snouts and, and like little horns almost. And they're speckled and they look like they want to cuddle. And I really like them. Oh, they do look cute. Right. Adorable. Adorable. I, I wouldn't blame that. you for, for chase, chasing that. That adorable. Adorable, attractive little shark around. It's not like when Brandon was chasing Ocean Ramsey around and he got that restraining. <laughs> hey, you weren't supposed to talk about that. Well, I see listen, they have listen maybe um, spots and then they had the zebra one. Maybe, maybe this is the time that we should talk about this, Brandon. All right. So, seeing as we have the ladies on the show, we did, we were accused of being sexist pigs. Maybe, maybe like these are the, the exact three people who, that we need to help us realize either we're way out of line and inappropriate. We should be changing our ways and seeing things with a clear lens, or it's okay t- to be a human talking about other, you know, human people. Human. But, but we had, we had this review that, uh, you know, judged us for like even mentioning that a woman shark diver that we thought was super cool and badass was also attractive is that inappropriate today can, can i ask that to you three girls Ladies, you can't even women, ask women, it women. it's inappropriate women. to ask it i think it's a great question and i appreciate your interest in understanding it better for sure i think that's that redeems you uh, uh, quite a bit <laughs> I'm not saying we, are, we are cavemen but we are willing <laughs> and, and we can learn small menial tasks if you use short one syllable words slowly <laughs> sharks I do dark. like how you added the in this day and age like in this at this you know now is it is that still something and I think that's part of my answer would be you know we still our society and I'll say, I don't say we as in just um, women, because we don't live in a vacuum, right? Our whole society still faces many inequality issues. And so I think being aware of what that means when you compliment someone on their looks, it, it you know, just being aware of it, it can, especially when you start out with that, I feel like it can kind of reduce all their other accomplishments, you know, like, well, oh, let's not talk yeah, about. Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't start out with it like 
we're going to talk about these two ladies, by the these way. Two hot chicks. We yeah, they, she's got a great rack. She's super pretty. Did you see her <laughs> in the bikini shoot? That's not how it started out. That's how uh, yeah. that's how the slippery slope made yeah, it sound right. sound like it starts out. So every woman that looks at Apple reviews in the future is going to assume that that's how it started out. But that's that's not how that episode started out. But well, I think that's but good the, my point is like when when you even mention anything, that's what it's assumed that two guys talking about a woman who you happen to say is, oh yeah, she's a, she's a good looking gal and she's super into sharks and it's a cool guy. And we're going to talk about all these cool things that she's done. That's how it comes across. And which is not the way, like the three of us have hung or hung around numerous times. We have a lot of fun. I think, you know, I, I hate it when a guy says he's a feminist, but I mean, if there's anyone that champions women, you know, more than me, show me his name, you know, and uh, like, I'd, I'd love to, you know, buy him a beer and, and, and have a chat with him. Bruce Jenner. <laughs> okay. Well, I'd, let me, Bruce, I'm just going to Bruce, send me an email. Bruce, send me an email. I just have one last thought on that. Just one last one. Because I, I don't think you're a sexist pig. And I think it, just the fact that we're talking about it's awesome. Um, but in our society, women are held, you know, objectified way more than men. I mean, that's just depends on who you right. ask. I, think. I know men get objectified pretty, but we like it is the difference. Oh, but that's the problem. <laughs> that's the difference there. I know. We, we thrive girls, on it. <laughs> yes. When all the girls are watching the hot little new uh, stud on the TV show, you know, on girls night with their bottle of uh, Zinfandel or whatever they happen to be drinking that night, you know, they're talking some what could be determined as, you know, objectivist yeah it's just a slippery slope it is a very slippery slope you know where where we handcuff ourselves where we can't be human and just laugh a little bit and it's i don't know i don't think anything we have said especially you and i james comes from any kind of place that's demeaning or or lessening of anyone as a human being much less women katie how about you yeah uh, what do you think i think um men fall in love with their eyes and women fall in love with their ears and that's just it I, and like i don't think there's anything wrong with with i think um, you're wrong this is uh we this is why we have a, something else no. this is why we have an audio <laughs> podcast exactly um i don't take offense to that at all and you can't tell me she hasn't used that avenue for some gain whether it's personal gain or spreading awareness about her cause um, you know, watching, she's a model. Okay. So the whole world knows she's beautiful. And to mention that firsthand, I, I don't, I didn't take offense and knowing you guys and knowing that you're respectful. I think this, this review, she's being super oversensitive. And the fact that she didn't listen to the entire thing, I don't really think she gets an opinion because she heard two, you know, two seconds. And isn't she being judgy by not listening to the entire episode and just forming her opinion on two minutes jamie what about the, your canadian perspective well for me i mean i know you guys so i'm not offended by that sort of thing but i also know where it's coming from right so i i kind of looked at it from you know if i if this was the first thing i'm hearing when i turn on a podcast then you know maybe i'm going to start having doubts but you know i always like to give people the benefit of the doubt so I probably would have listened for more than a couple of minutes and, and realized that, okay, well, 
you know, it was just a, a comment that was made. And I mean, we've all made comments before, right? You know, that just, you just put them out there and it just may be what is sort of on the tip of your tongue or the, the first thing that comes out of your mouth because that's how you feel. But I also think that, uh, you know, just knowing you both, that there's a much deeper um, thought process that goes into it. I can't believe I just said you guys have a deep thought process. But... <laughs> oh, it's so wrong. It's just beginning. Um, but, but I know you guys we'll enough edit that to know part that. Out, James. <laughs> Please do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I know you guys aren't, aren't like that. You, you're looking for the substance behind the look as well, right? And, and that's where, as a woman, I like to be judged by that as well, right? Because I don't want to just be that pretty face and get to where I am because I've got that pretty face or whatever people think. I, I want people to to know that I've got that substance to back up what I'm putting out there. Yeah, know? yeah, I hear you. You know, early on when we first got this going, you know, I described all of you as attractive, which makes me wonder when you first hear that out of the voice of somebody like myself, does that slightly flatter or offend you immediately? I will say it's, I feel like it's flattering. If if someone I didn't know were to be like, hey, beautiful, how you doing? I'd be like, you know, go F yourself. But um, you're allowed to say fuck. Yeah, you're allowed to say fuck yourself on this show. Maybe in a little bit after more wine, but um, (laughs) um, no, I find it flattering. I don't think, I don't think that should be offensive, but I could see how it would be if I didn't know somebody. Sure, sure. I get that. Jamie, how about you? Yeah, I, I agree with what Katie said. And and sort of the flip side to that, too, is like, you know, the minute a woman says fuck and, you know, the guys are all like, what? Is she allowed to say that? Like, we're just people, man. Fuck like, yeah, she is. She, you're just people. Yeah. Stephanie, how about uh, how about you? Uh, I think, of course, I was flattered and flattered when um, compliments are paid. Uh, but I do think to say it succinctly, I'll try to not go on too much. I do think it is different to call a woman attractive, beautiful, compliment her on her looks, focus on her looks compared to, I don't think you can fairly compare it to calling a man complimenting them on their looks because we don't live in an equal society. So women are much more, um, there's much more pressure for women to be beautiful than a, a man to be attractive. And so you, we can't, it's, it, it, I think it's, um, we have to come at it from the society that we're in, which is a really super duper freaking sexist society true facts especially scuba right have any of you ever felt that you've had to prove yourselves in this what is a predominantly male sport of scuba diving the first dive shop i worked for i got hired because they wanted a female on staff it wasn't anything more than that not because you were a good diver but just they wanted a a woman there yep Yep, that's uh, that was one of the reasons, you know, I was told that, you know, I was going through the IDC at the time and and they they wanted to have a female instructor on staff because they didn't have a whole lot of them. So and that was really at least what I remember. And, you know, this was quite a while ago, so my memory might be a little vague, but I don't ever remember them saying that they wanted to hire me because they thought I could do a good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been hired because I was a man in a woman's field. Does that count? So that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. It's the same, but yeah. in reverse. So I kind of, I, I get it. I mean, I don't know if there's an answer. I don't know if Great Dad Podcast can solve this one, James. <laughs> but yeah, I get you. It sucks. I um, 
I can't say I've ever felt like I had to prove myself because I really don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, I've definitely felt eyes on me for being a woman stepping into a predominantly male diving event. Um, but the only person I feel like I have to prove anything to is myself and the challenges that I put for me beyond that. I don't look much into it. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same and I'm not Mm -hmm. sure I would have first articulated it that way, Katie, but I feel like we have to prove ourselves wherever, right. Whether Mm -hmm. I, I kind of enjoy the challenge, whatever the assumption is. Um, I enjoy proving people wrong. Do we still consider diving a man's sport? I mean, even though the, the numbers show that it's nearly 70% a male activity? I have a funny story, actually. Please do. Um, so I guess it was a few months ago now. I got a call from a coworker. That said, hey, do you still teaching scuba? I want to get myself and my daughter certified. I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway... We have like a little introductory Zoom thing to work out the schedule, yada, yada. I was like, okay, I don't know about my schedule, if it's going to fit in. I had a lot of other commitments and and whatnot, but I said, hey, no worries. Like um, if I can't do it, my partner Wolf can do it. And uh, so the conversation went on for a couple more minutes and and then it was finally like, okay, well, hang on a second. You know, so they they kind of stopped me and said, look, we called you because we want you as a female instructor to teach my daughter. And I was like, oh, I had never really considered that perspective because to me, it's just, you know, we're both, in my opinion, we're both great, good instructors. Either one of us is more than capable of teaching them how to dive um, and whatnot. So I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. And uh, and then he kind of kept going on about how he's like, oh, I was just checking out some of the pictures on your website. And he goes, it really is still a male dominated sport. He goes, all of your pictures is like you and a bunch of guys. And- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's awesome, right? <laughs> um, but that kind of hit it home a little bit more for me because, you know, it's like, I guess I, I don't know if I'm just used to being one of the only females. I don't know. It's, it was just sort of a, a an outside perspective of, of the sport that Maybe I hadn't considered in a, in a little bit. So anyway, I think that's awesome. I've, I've heard that a few times in my role as instructor as well. And I, I feel the same as you, like it doesn't, I'm, I'm just used to being in, in a man's world, right? It, it is mostly guys that I dive with and work both of my jobs. And, but you can see how, you, you know, a young person wants to, it's easy, wants to see themselves in the role right? That they, they're going to undertake, whether it's a marine scientist, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a, have you ever seen, oh my gosh, this is a great thing. I just remembered. It's a, it's a super poignant. You'll all cry if you watch it. It's like a, just a couple minute video. I think it was done in England and they they go into a first grade, first or second grade classroom. And they ask all the kids to draw uh, a fire firefighter to draw a picture of a doctor, to draw a picture of a, um, a pilot, a fighter pilot. And mo- like, and there's a couple more things. And most of the kids, and there's, it's a mixed gendered class, right? It's boys and girls in this class. And they're showing them, drawing them, and they're cute little pictures. And most of them, if not all, have drawn clearly males in these roles. And then, and this is where you're going to cry. 
then the they bring in the professionals they bring in a female firefighter they bring in a female fighter pilot they bring in a female doctor and the kids are like you they you, you see the kids faces and the boys and the girls are like as the as the the women professionals walk in the room they're like oh oh you know pleasantly surprised yeah that's it's awesome that that reminds me my dad took my sister and i to see a hockey game uh he was an avid hockey player and was trying to get both of us into it and we sat through the whole game and at the end they took off their helmets and and we're like oh my god dad they're girls and we were little he's like no shit like that's why i took you here you know (laughs) same type of thing um that's cool yeah it's pretty neat do you play hockey no i no we went went into figure skating he was no that's a man's sport stephanie (laughs) (laughs) yeah he put in a valiant effort, but no, we never played. No, I mean, I mean, I come from a place where, you know, I've got, you know, I'm lucky enough to know some very high level uh, women's hockey players and some extremely high level women's rugby players, you know, and rugby would, you know, most Americans would seem as a very man sport, but there's a huge, you know, female component to the game uh, that, that have, you know, just as much heart and just as much passion as, as any man, you know, crossing that white line going onto the field and, and getting into that, that game mindset. And women that come from the wildest of, of difference of backgrounds that, that you could ever imagine that some of them are, you know, pretty rough and tough and strong and burly all day long every day. And some of them from the most, you know, compassionate backgrounds of, of, of work, you know, but you know, enter that game and get out there and, and, and fight and play, which just makes me think like, is like, so the term, like, you know, if you're just hanging out and being just one of the boys, is, is that a bad thing or uh, is it just the, the fact of the matter or how does that even term even work? Well, words matter. We've learned this, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, when you're, uh, but when you're like, uh, you know, I'm there, I am me, the girl and, Every picture is me with five guys, me with five guys, and I'm just here with I'm just one of the guys. Is that also bad when you're hanging out with James and Brando? Never bad. I would, have, I would have no, I would have no, no objection whatsoever if I was doing something with uh, you three ladies and somebody took a picture and said, "There's James and just one of the girls." I'm like totally. I'm a- <laughs> I got my toenails all done and everything. I'm having fun. So we're going to a spa day after this. Aha, good. <laughs> Sign me. See, look at it. We're all, we're all, in, we're all good with that one. Brando doesn't look amused by the spa day, though. Not at all. I think well, I've had spa days, and they're just not my thing. It's. <laughs> I would like to say that even though the numbers show that diving is a man's sport, still statistically, and you know Brando's thoughts about statistics. I, I disagree with the notion because I think what's happened, particularly in the last totally. decade with scuba, is the quality of the woman entering diving and the commitment, I should say, mm-hmm. to the, the game that we play is way different than it was in the past. And the, the fact that diving, you know, 30 years ago was, you know, I want to go scuba diving. You know, I'm the man. 
my wife's coming with me because I have to take her and the kids with me on my vacation. And she's going to learn to scuba dive because I want to scuba dive. And she does it one time during the class. And that's it because she wasn't into it because the instructors weren't into. You're telling the story of a real pig. I don't think most men are that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. And I, and I think the ladies I mean, they're that are out there. into it today are way yeah. more into it because they want to it. And they're doing amazing things like in technical diving and in cave diving and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of areas of diving. They're doing real big, way beyond the level Absolutely. of dives that I'm doing, you know, uh, out there, like in really changing the face of our whole entire community. Agreed. One of the benefits of social media, seeing Stephanie's earlier point, you can see the person in the role that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Great point, Jane. So for the ladies, have you looked up Valerie Taylor and Ocean Ramsey? And what was your first thought when you saw them? For me, it was, damn, these ladies are fucking hot. And they dive with sharks. Like That's really cool. And the only difference is that they said out loud what I was thinking and not, and, and I'm a woman. What does that say about me? Yeah. I mean, I'm damn, that's really cool. Like they're, people are going to judge them because they're, they're beautiful. They're going to think they're stupid they're yeah. dumb, and they're dumb blondes, but you read a little further and you do more research and there's a lot more to them. And and I don't think it's wrong to say that they're beautiful amongst the other qualities they have. I really, I really don't. Well, as humans, the first thing we got is the appearance with the eyes when we see somebody, right? That's what I'm saying, so especially with men. Men see, are oh, visual. They're pretty. Men, right. Exactly. Men are visual creatures and you're... Right. I don't so, think you were you said it with any ill intention. Well, we didn't. And and that it just kind of irks. And you now, know, it's just and more now of you guys, a go ahead. You guys have always promoted um women in this field. And I can see why you're hurt that you had such a yeah. backlash. We don't get hurt. We're men. We don't even have feelings. <laughs> just one feeling. I was a little black. We have one <laughs> feeling. We do. <laughs> And that's why we're pigs. But the other reasons are not reasons to call us pigs. Speaking (laughs) of sexism, speaking of being sexist pigs, where is Womanscaped? Where is the Womanscaped sponsor? Well, that's a really good question, Katie. Being that Brando and I, you know, do do champion the, the, the merits of the of the female diver out there. You know that um, we're concerned, and we were the first ones to suggest introducing a Woe Manscaped product line in addition to Manscaped, which the truth of the matter, though, is women women can use Manscaped just as much as a man can, you know? Women are humans, and they get little, uh, you know, stubblies popping up from time to time, too, that they got to get taken care of, if you know what I mean. You know, it's summertime, ladies and uh, men out there. It's summertime, and everybody talks about looking good for warmer months, but few of us have the balls to do it, (laughs) especially you ladies. You don't have the balls like we do, but... You can still nut up or shut up if you want to. If you want to be serious about this, and the easiest step to looking sexy this summer is by using Manscaped, Katie. Maybe 
Manscaped should start calling themselves Humanscaped. <laughs> Humanscaped. <Bitches>. Now <laughs> you're talking. I get it. Let's start being a little more inclusive. We don't have to. Uh, have you ever, have you ladies ever you know been lounging around the house on one uh, you know Sunday afternoon and you just uh, you know throw on a pair of your man's boxers you know just you know just uh, maybe a maybe a shirt or, or is that just me thinking of like some movie I watched when I was a teenage kid or something? I'm sick of hearing about how clean your balls are. <laughs> um, I'm really sick of hearing about it. So you. You should uh, uh, you should see what my wife has to go through. I, I have to show her every day. <laughs> honey, look, honey, look what this crop exfoliator just did. You know this thing is infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep my skin and my groin refreshed. It's like a daily conversation. He's really excited about it. I have um, if Manscaped is brave enough, I have some products of Womanscape that I think um, would really sell home to some of the women listeners on here. Uh, uh, as long as EB in San Diego is not listening, I think we're good. This is especially for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Wash your whisker biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just took it. We just took a downhill turn with a, with ocean breeze scented clam jam. It's a soap. Clam Jam. See, Katie, that's that's the name of it right there. So we've got Crop Exfoliator. Clam Jam. We got Clam Jam for the ladies. I love it. Rinse, love it. Rin, rinse your rosebud with lavender infused muff puff. Wow, you are clever. <laughs> Very creative. I am going to send... <laughs> I am going to send a specially addressed box of Muff Puff to EB in San Diego, <laughs> along uh, with group. along with a uh, month's supply of clam jam. Yes, maybe she'll be happier after that. I don't know. Uh, groom your lady garden with the Pretty Kitty Five Hundred. <laughs> the uh, the Pretty Kitty Five Hundred is a great product that could be used, you know, by the ladies. It could be like, um, is it wrong for me to say that like, it could just be you know the 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 trimmer, but in in pink instead of black? Is that is that sexist? exactly? Is well, that no, sexist? it can be in. Is that judgmenting? Is it sexist by me? Everything for women can't be in pink. Yeah. Black. No, we already have black. You're uh, talking to a guy who loves the print. Come on. I mean, how 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 sexist can I be? Randall saw my leopard print bag. You know, I did. <clears throat> Pink pearl polish. It's a lotion infused with midnight jasmine or magnolia. I think Madison Avenue needs you because <laughs> don't let what don't let wet suit camel toe drag you down. Make sure you have the prettiest undercarriage <laughs> underwater with Womanscape. Twenty percent off with promotion code TGDP Shark Chicks twenty twenty two. We're going to have to send her 2% of our earnings, James, because yeah. at least. I was really sleep deprived when I typed that. <laughs> well, there I'm you go, people. Get your 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP at manscaped.com. Katie, that's 20% off and free shipping if they insert code TGDP. Hopefully, we can get that changed to, what was the, the new one? Uh, 
TGDP Chicks 2022. Shark Chicks 2022. You heard uh, it here first. There you go. Uh, there are a few perfect summer days left, people. Don't let hot, sweaty balls or a clammy, jammy, clam or a jammy, clammy <laughs> ruin them. Stay fresh and clean with and smelling good with uh, Manscaped. There you go. How do we save sharks, ladies? Because that's really what we're uh, here today, right? I, I think uh, Brando and I came up with the, uh, the understanding like a week or so ago that it's really a matter of education is, is the discussion that we were mm -hmm. having. Like everybody immediately is in fear of everything and until they learn about something. And once they're educated, they can actually make, you know, a, a logical decision. But when all your, all your decision-making is based on just anger and emotions and like drama without any really science or education, how are we going to get anywhere? So is, is that the beginning Stephanie, can I can I start with you on this one as as our science liaison here? Well, I'm I would love to start, even though I'm not a shark scientist, just a shipwreck scientist. But and you guys have come to the film festival, which is such a powerful education tool. Um, I mean, visual and inspiring, and also inspiring fear, but not the kind of fear where you might be afraid of a goblin shark coming after you underwater, but <laughs> The fear that 73 million sharks are killed every year for shark fins. Now that's that's something to be afraid of, right? That's horrifying. Absolutely. Right. We had the uh, we had the conversation, uh, you know, last week or so there, Brando, that uh, sharks kill in uh, or sharks killed 11, not 11 million, not 11,000, but 11 humans. In 2021, I think one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in um, the animal world and, and, and doing some research leading up to this was I can't remember where I saw it. It was one of the one of the documentaries I was watching about finning and um, they just showed the lifeless, finless shark bodies just on the bottom of the ocean swaying mm -hmm. in the current. And it was uh, it was horrifying. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely horrific. So education I, is key. I agree. I, I mean, ed education and but action more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, you can educate people. And, and I feel like you have to find a connection to people. You have to find a way to relate to them, make make the topic relatable and any type of conservation and um, tug at the heart heartstrings a little. Um, but but make a connection to where it's meaningful to the public. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, education for sure, but you have to build that connection because people only see what's on TV. And I mean, if you look at Shark Week, I mean, everybody gets attacked and bitten and it's like, okay, well, it happens, but it doesn't happen as often as Shark Week might make you think it does. Yeah, is, is Shark Week helping the cause or hurting the cause of saving sharks? Well, I've, I've never watched it, but all, all I see are the attack kind of thing. Well, I, yeah. I th and I think this is this is the the problem with. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say with most Americans and most topics that we have, is we see a, a, a sensationalized advertisement for something, which is 99 percent of the time clickbait, and 
that's the extent of what most people do on social media is they, they see the quick little snippet come through and they make the judgment off the tagline. And then they repurpose that and they keep regurgitating that without actually sitting down and watching the entire program, which was going to go ahead and spend the next 99% of the show talking about why that little clickbait piece wasn't necessarily the truth. Yeah, I personally don't think Shark Week helps. You know, I would get a lot of questions from my coworkers and things like that. It's like, oh my God, you dive with sharks. How dangerous. And it's like, it's more dangerous driving to work every day. Right? Right. When and, you look at the, the numbers of it, it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, it's it's the, and it, and it always seems to be like the same sorts of questions. It's like, we're not on their food chain. They they don't attack us because we're human. They attack us because they've made a mistake. Thank that you. they're mm-hmm. they're taking us to be a seal or something else, right? And so part of it, you know, is the education that you know sharks aren't just going to attack you because you just step into the water and they're there. You know, we we need to we need to show people that they're not necessarily these killers that everybody thinks that they are that Shark Week portrays them to be. Um, you know, and, and once you get people invested in that and seeing that sharks really are just another beautiful fish that swims in the water, you know, then maybe they'll start to care a little bit more about it, you know, and, and, and it's that care factor. Like, again, you have to tug at people's heartstrings or, you know, somehow build that connection. And, and I think that starts with the education and, and maybe not just adults, I, I think you need to almost start it with the kids because you do. they're the ones that have these crazy ideas about things. And, but they're also open to learn and maybe look at things differently than we are and that we do as adults. Right. Well said, Jamie. Absolutely. You know, Katie sent me the cutest little uh, video of, of her daughter earlier today talking about sharks and, and I think that's it. Like when you can get someone who's that young already like having an impression of sharks as not being a monster, but just being another part of life, that is what is going to change the entire game. Right. Like what can I do in upstate New York diving in fresh water? Just, you know, that that's the biggest thing that I can do right now is just help shape the next generation and, and just kind of um, teach them that they're not something to be fearful of. And um, she was so innocent in that <laughs> saying that, you know, sharks eat fish, not humans. Right. <laughs> Until she watches Jaws for the first time. Right. <laughs> but um, it is about education, especially the generations that are coming and they're going to be the ones to make a difference. And I think we have to help make them make a difference through that education because we're all the ones that have that background because we've dealt with them before and, and we don't have those same perceptions, you know. Um, and, and it could just be something as simple as, you know, I, I don't know if you guys find this, but just last weekend we were out diving and we were in a fairly um, well-traveled place where, you know, a bunch of families go out and hike and bike and things like that. And, you know, we had a couple of kids kind of peering over like, who are you and what are you doing? And, you know, they're all timid and you just, you kind of start the conversation just by a little wave. And then they're like, what were you taking pictures of down there? You know? And I mean, on the weekend, it was just shipwrecks and, and fish. Right. But 
it at least piques their interest. So maybe then they'll go that step further and you never know. You never know who you're going to touch and when, right? Absolutely. But the action, like Katie was saying, is does need to stem from the education. And if we think about how few, I mean, we'd love to teach the world to dive, of course, but in reality, most of the people that are going to are needed to make a difference in not having millions of sharks killed every year are not divers. They're, you know, right. what is it? 1% of the population. I can't remember if that's still the case, but most people don't dive and we need most people to act with how they vote and with how they consume, how they spend mm-hmm. their money. So that's, that's where the action comes in. Um, and so education to action and not giving up. And it's, it's, I think the, I like what you said, Katie, about tugging at the heartstrings, but I think there's a fine line there because with this film festival, which I hope you all come to in January and you're close enough to do so, it can, you can be overwhelmed. Like you described that scene with the, the sharks and no fins. And how do you, I mean, there's a fine line to being stricken <laughs> um, action, you not being able to take action because you're overwhelmed with this crisis and you're overwhelmed right. with well, what, what can I do? Here I am in Alpena, Michigan. What am I going to do to help the 73 million sharks? And so that, that, that it, there's a fine line. We've definitely seen that with, especially climate change is a, a big, not to change the topic, because but uh, that's another one where we can really see um, exhaustion and people not knowing, not maybe it's not just knowing not what to do, but not being able to do anything because you're overwhelmed and exhausted and too much, too, too much input. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that is, that's the beauty of something like that film festival that you guys host up there at the museum and Alpina, Stephanie is you've got access to so many incredible movies that no one would ever see the light of day from if, if it wasn't, you know, something awesome like that NOAA International Film Festival that do you have dates for it this for 2023 yet? Is it is it still like late January? Is it is it gonna be held in uh in the museum again this year? Is COVID yes. lifted enough that we're gonna be able to sit down in the theater, that beautiful theater, like at the most amazing museum that we have in the state of Michigan, that gorgeous museum up there at uh, the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary. Yes, we will be rolling out the blue carpet. Uh, the Woo, blue for, the- James, for James Ian Brando. That's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you in front of the, the step aside. Um, so the blue carpet fourth weekend in January, and it's just not the weekend of Super Bowl. So you can still watch Super Bowl and go to the film festival and see all sorts of films about sharks. Wrote it down. Going in the calendar. Um, for the for the last two years, we've had to watch these films virtually, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nowhere near as fun, and it's nowhere near as impactful. But something that I've been able to do though is I've been able to watch a film, and because I'm watching it on a device, I can immediately make a post about it, about what I just saw, what it meant to me send a link to it to, to try to share it with other people because there were, there were so many cool films, you know, that, that I've watched, you know, I'm just remembering a couple of them last year, you know, that surfer chick film. And, you know, there, there was, I think two shark ones that I watched that were t- totally awesome. And the, the one about the 
plight of the right whales. I, I saw some really great, great shows last year. So I hope people can uh, join us up in Alpena for the Thunder Bay International Film Festival this year. You all have a personal invite and we have lots of fun. There's receptions, filmmaker panels. Oh, you know, this year, actually, we're going to have quite an interesting panel about the Marine Mammal Protection Act. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I know sharks don't aren't mammals. I do know that, even though I'm just an archaeologist. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read that. Um, but that's going to be an interesting one that, you know, yeah, we'll have some interesting um, big topics being discussed in person with the, the professionals dealing with these issues and maybe some filmmakers, too. No. And of course, a party cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, a, dress up. A wonderful opening, grand, grand opening party that was so much fun. You know, a couple of years ago when Brandon and I got to join you for that, that one, you know, before COVID, you know, hit and ruined everything. You know, that was such a fun weekend. The Marine Mammal Protection Act was in 1972, which was the same year, Stephanie, right, as the National Marine Sanctuary Act, right? That's exactly right. Yes. So that act, both of those acts, just creating a future of working towards stewardship and protection. And National Marine Sanctuaries are wonderful places where many different species of sharks live, but also where there's a lot of research and work being done to, um, to, to keep them living and keep them thriving and get them back to thriving. Right, right. And that Marine Mammal Protection Act was enacted to basically protect all these marine mammal species whose livelihood and population stocks were being decimated throughout the, the area in all these different ecosystems, but it was, you know, nearly 40 years later before anything was able to really include sharks with the uh, Shark Conservation Act, which was in 2010. It's a long time. It's a very long time. And I think that's going to go back to the, the way we have been conditioned as humans to fear sharks. And I'm pretty sure that from the 1980s to the 90s to the 2000s to the 2010s, there were plenty of shark scientists out there that knew sharks weren't out to be, you know, man killers. killers. Yeah. So do you think the main killing of sharks is because there's a general fear of them? Or do you think the main killing is because of ignorance of the fishing uh, industry, uh, the shark finning industry in particular, of the impact they're having on the ecological system in, 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 as a whole by just finning sharks for money? In, well, yeah. in other words, do you think it's greed or do you think it's fear that's driving think- the population of the sharks down? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's greed. I don't think, I, I think fear is hardly, uh, I, I mean, judging from what we've talked about, I think fear is a minuscule portion of the sharks that get killed. You know, it's, it's people on the docks pulling up a three footer and beating it with a bat or something. That's like 1%. And the main killing, I think, is the fishing industry. 
okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we know, I mean, shark finning still today is, it's not, it's not gone. I mean, it's still no, it's huge. a huge thing. It's still huge. And, th- and then, and then what you, we do know about shark finning in today is only on the surface of a huge, there's still a huge underground finning yeah. circuit that occurs. Black market. Uh, yeah, finning. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And that's what, that's a, a kind of my comment slash question is I think educating people will help put pressure on the finning industry, but I don't think educating people is going to, you know, make a big dent in and of itself, make a big dent in the reduction of the population of sharks. Well, it helps if you get people who are willing to write to legislation and fight for them. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the, the public fear that they're going to get attacked on a beach anymore. It's bycatch. It's overfishing. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you fight that? And that's something that has to be done worldwide, globally, you know, pressure has to be put on the countries that are finning. And there, the, the there is world. like the U.S. Um, has in place, from what I understand, they target certain nations and people that um, don't follow through with the overfishing um, um, rules and regulations. Yeah. They won't allow trade in our ports if they don't follow. Yeah, stuff like that. Certain standard, right? right? But not every country does that. So that's where the education part comes in, where you educate people hey, this is what's going on in the world of sharks. And this is how it will impact your life because you're, you know, you're all on the same planet. Right. And then bycatch, in addition to the, the, the finning, and the shark fin practice is the, the bycatch from the massive commercial mm-hmm. fishing. You know, there's, there's many communities around the world and coastal communities that have very responsible, sustainable fishing practices. You know that for their community, right? But then when you get the massive, you know, trawlers and that right. are pulling up so much bycatch, that's that's where one of the um, the good advice on Ocean Ramsey's page is, you know, be very conscious about your seafood consumer choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vote with your dollar, kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, by the way, did I watch that video that you sent, Katie? I don't know if anybody else did. But that was really I did, cool. I did, yeah. down in Madagascar. That was, was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I knew you'd be digging that one, Brando, having just spent some time down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a great example of uh, what a little bit of education can do in those local communities and, and then how it spreads. And uh, hopefully, you know, they keep keep it spreading. And, and move it on to bigger. I mean, their, their target in that video was the small community fishing population, which is when you, when you add it up is, is pretty large. It's in the millions, if not billions. But um, Especially when you consider like all of the millions of small communities right, that are fishing. Exactly. It, it, it can tackle some of the, the big major corporate ones. And when you're talking to somebody who's like, you know, for lack of a better term, like uneducated about the big picture of fishing, when, when like a little bit of education can come in that, that somebody can go, I can show you how you guys can actually fish less and catch more and create 
more sustainable future for more fishing rather than constantly depleting yourself. Like those are the kind of initiatives that need to be supported throughout the world so that we all have a better place in and on and uh, uh, under the ocean. And I think the other thing too, is it, it shows that it just takes a small effort. It doesn't have to be anything earth moving to make it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you talk about grassroots. I mean, this is, literally grass under your bare feet roots that, that we're talking with that, that video that Katie sent us. Well, I think the and guy that, hit, hit the nerve right there is uh, mm-hmm. he found out it, it's not just, you know, coming in screaming, you're killing all these fish. You know, the people that are making a living off of the fish or feeding their families, even they don't care. They, all they know is what they know in their little village. So you have to tell them, well, listen, we can help make it even better. We can double your income. We can triple your income and keep the food alive in the ocean. Well, and this is, is this anything to do similar with um, some of the steps they've taken the last couple of years on an island like Cozumel, where for the longest time it was bring as many goddamn divers as you can and just keep pumping mm. up and down those reefs because it's a huge moneymaker for, for tourism. And then, Recently, I mean, the, the, the tourism dollars were leaving. They could clearly see that. And, and a big initiative came in to like start closing down the reefs. And at mm-hmm. first there was a huge backlash of like, how are you going to cut down? This is one of the major things of why people come to Cozumel is to come diving. And they're like, income. like no, like, like these reefs, nobody's going to be coming here in 10 years if we don't take care of these reefs. Like they need help. They are being beaten into oblivion with people just bouncing and rolling and kicking and having terrible technique on these dive sites and abusing them. And then now they've been like shutting down a portion of the the reefs and they keep rotating them around and everything's growing back at an alarming rate. And that's kind of what this guy was saying is if we can cycle these fisheries from time to time, like the community and the volume and the size of these fish will take off like like you wouldn't believe in like Brandon, you and I have had this conversation of like looking at some of those old spearfishing tournaments from like back mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s and the size of the grouper and the size of the lobster and the size of the fish that you would see compared to the tiny sizes you would see today mm-hmm. from in comparison is is proof right there of like how overworked these areas are that the 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 environment doesn't even get a chance to grow before it's being raped of its resources. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say another thing I liked in that video that Katie sent um, about that small community was that they, they came in and learned to learn from the community who'd been Mm -hmm. thriving in this ecosystem for generations. And rather than come in and with, you know, on a white horse and, and, yeah, with science. They had, they had good <laughs> yeah. intentions. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, learn from the people that are connected to the resource. Mm-hmm. Like, with, I mean, the, here I go bringing up climate change again. Jeez, you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that's I mean, part that's, of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, challenges to any ecosystem. And you, you got to learn from, I mean, that's one of the ways where we understand those smaller changes in our climate is talking to the people that are on the shorelines, talking to the people mm-hmm. that are at where the ice is no longer, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, 
the people that are like studying this on a daily basis, I think are doing it from a place of honest, genuine care and concern for the world. I don't think the majority of people that are in the grassroots place like like you, Stephanie, are doing this for any political agenda. It's it's you see something seriously happening that you know is controllable, preventable, and has a, a way of thinking that can be shared with the, the community that it doesn't have to keep being perpetuated for another 50 years before we find holy shit we really screwed up and now we're way too late Mm -hmm. for anyone who's interested it's an 11 minute uh youtube video how a handful of fishing villages sparked a marine conservation revolution i can't take credit for that that one of my dive buddies brought that to my attention but that was a great video. It was uh, it was really eye-opening and uh, that's promising. It shows promise, which is nice in the doom and gloom of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Ocean Ramsey's um, 10 ways that we can help save the sharks. And you can go to and, and uh, comment on this by hashtagging help shave the sharks. Help shave, help shave the sharks. sharks. Balls. Manscaped. Help, Sharkscape. Help manscape. You're trying to push sharks balls. No, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hashtag help save the shark. Help save sharks. Help save sharks. But her first one, gang, is learn as much as you can about sharks. And I, I remember coming up in a world where, like, even like when I was, you know, uh, first learning to die, like sharks were kind of, in a way, the enemy. Sharks were in in many ways like, you know, the it was the machismo thing that you were trying to do to to see so that you could be tougher than somebody who didn't see him. I remember my first shark was uh, down in Key Largo. It was about a four or five foot nurse shark. And it, it was not at all what I was expecting in my head for my first shark encounter. I thought it was going to be a scene right out of hooper you know in the cage uh in jaws you know what i mean why brando you do you remember your very first shark (laughs) yeah it was it was a a big ass nurse shark but um (laughs) yeah just down in the keys just sitting underneath a little rocky outcropping and just sitting there i was like it's kind of a bummer I wanted there. There was a, a guy in the boat with a loudmouth. I wanted him to get eaten. I wanted <laughs> him to be missing limbs, carotid artery bite, something. Just I don't. I didn't want to drive home on the boat with him because he's a loudmouth. Jamie, do you remember your first shark? I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and and I think it was a nurse shark as well. And again, you know, I I had I didn't even think it was a shark when I saw it, right? It's the first one, and you know, you're used to seeing these other sharks that are portrayed on TV. And I mean, it was just kind of hanging out, chilling under piece of coral, right? And just doing its thing. It it didn't scare me. I think it scared my type buddy more than anything, but you know. I think a lot of you guys talked about um, the criticism that Ocean Ramsey received from touching sharks and getting up close and personal with them. And I, um, when I first saw her, I was like, this chick's going to die like Steve Irwin. Like she's, she's a goner. <laughs> There's no hope for her. She's not. And then I did a little more 
uh, research and watched a lot of her videos and um it was like elegant and peaceful and a new way of looking at them that had to happen um that had to show people that that they were they're you know they're not just going to attack you on the first chance they get and um you could see the respect between her and um the animal you know and how an apex predator allowed her to be in their space and because we you know divers we are in their environment we are in their territory uh, i thought it was just really really cool um the res- the respect that was there between human and shark yeah yeah because when you look back at the stuff you know valerie taylor was doing back in the 70s they were no way ready with the with the education and the knowledge to, to mm-hmm. even approach something like that to sort of see like how far we've come with even her like understanding that we need to learn and appreciate like what these magnificent creatures are doing to to where ocean took it man yeah unbelievable totally unbelievable and a lot of divers are following suit and uh to kind of prove that gentleness in those fearful predators so i think it's kind of cool well that's that's one of the amazing things about like life on this planet is you know um you know we just assume the worst and you know we assume that the shark is always the eating chopping razor sharp teeth you know shark that's always just chopping and destroying every every life has a balance of whatever you want to call it, you know, masculine and feminine energies is, you know, what I've always learned it as like uh, uh, an aggressive side and a peaceful side and every, everything, everybody's got to have both to live their life in balance. And a shark can't go along just raging and biting and eating constantly. That's, That's it wouldn't wouldn't survive (laughs) as many million of years as it survived living that out of balance. And if more humans could learn to live their own lives in balance, like a shark knows how to live, I think we'd, we would all be in a much better peace and we wouldn't be in the wars and all the bullshit that we're in like we are right now. I have nothing to say to that. I'm glad it meant that much to you. You brought the sharks in, into the wars. <laughs> P. Yeah, he did. did Lestievsky <laughs> wrote about sharks <laughs> on uh, page 798 of War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Could I say something about a li- one more little thing about Absolutely. education? Yes, please. Please, Stephanie. Steph, you don't have to ask. You just say it. May I, may I please speak now? <laughs> I have to go Steph, to the bathroom. You come in by, come in by saying, room? okay, shut up for a minute, you idiots. Okay. <laughs> I have something. <laughs> I have something intelligent. <laughs> what you do is you come and you go, I have something intelligent to say. I've <laughs> put up with you for the past hour and 15 <laughs> Yes, Stephanie, this is, go ahead. This is kind of a, a timely thing um, I'm excited to share is that the National Marine Sanctuary System is just going to launch in like the next couple of weeks, a shark resource collection. And it'll be all sorts of online, um, uh, aimed at educators, online resources. I mean, all sorts of educators, right? Like we're you know, dive instructor educators to formal educators in schools, um, bring it into your classroom. So everything from coloring books about sharks to posters and all sorts of cool stuff. So hopefully that link will be out by the time 
we get the show notes done and we'd love to to share the shark resource collection because there's dozens of shark species more than that probably in all of the other national marine sanctuaries oh pretty cool i love it okay let's all right no no cheating right now on that on that note that stephanie just said no cheating round robin um we're gonna we're gonna play a game uh name the shark species and we're gonna keep going until we uh we run out oh that's fun so um i'm gonna start great white shark here we go oh shit. And, uh so i'm just gonna go in order of who's on my zoom screen right now so stephanie you're next give me a greenland shark. shark greenland wait 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 what Oh, I want to see one. They're so cool. Maybe, Jamie, have you ever seen one? Aren't they up in your neck of the woods? I have not you, seen one. They're on my list, what, too. What did yeah, she say? Greenland. They're, they're huge, Greenland. awesome sharks. Old. Very, yeah, very old. old. Oh, they, look, they look like the giant old man. You know, just... But, <laughs> all right, Katie, you're up. Shark. I, I have to go with the goblin shark because I kind of um, discredited it. Discredited it in the beginning, so... You do. That's nice. <laughs> uh, Brando, you're up. A lone shark. Did I already say lone shark earlier? Brandy. How about, I'm just going to go with, uh, I'm going to start out easy because after about the fifth round of this, I'm saving, I'm saving some uh, obscure sharks for that. Ooh. Uh, so like white tip. How's the white tip? Mm. White tip. White tip. Okay. Shark. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, do we have to, what do we have to drink? Enough. Do we have to yes. drink if we repeat a shark? No, you, you just have to drink. <laughs> yes, you have to, you have to, you have to drink if uh, you repeat a shark and the game's over when somebody can't name the next shark and you are known as the biggest shark loser. Gosh. But we're not a little <laughs> The pressure. All right. Well, I guess uh, my shark might be fitting maybe. because instead of the hammerhead, we can say it's the hammered head. <laughs> oh jamie nice one in uh in this world of being you know fairness and equally equal and balanced like we've been talking on the show because um brando talked about white tip i'm gonna say black tip sure son of a bitch he took my number two answer <laughs> uh stuff back to stuff oh wobegon the wobegon oh Oh my god, that is that one is and that's obscure and so very, cute. It is obscure. That's pretty obscure. Of course, of course, the scientist is gonna come up with the Wobegon. Katie, you're up. Um Mako. Mako. Ooh. Very cool. Ooh, one of my other nice. favorites. Brando. Has anyone here seen a Mako? No, I have never seen a Mako. I've never, not, I've well, never I've seen, seen an not aquarium. In, not in the water. Have you seen a Mako in the water, Jamie? I was not in the water, but I saw a Mako coming back after a dive in the Sea of Cortez that was having lunch on a seal. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, It made for a little interesting boat ride back as everybody's like jumping and screaming, like to go over to (laughs) witness it. Anyway, I'll show you a video. Yeah, totally crazy. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm going to go with leopard shark. Ooh. Since we were talking about leopard skin. Yeah, you, you sure, took my uh, Yeah, that's what I do. You took my other one, bastard. <laughs> Jamie? I'll go with the tiger shark then. Mm. I'll go with the puma shark next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm gonna go with the silver tip, which was another really awesome, oh. uh, awesome dive that I did in uh, the uh, the Cocos over at the Silver Banks. Six skill. The six skill. Oh, that was I was Steph. saving that one, Steph. Steph with all the big, cool, amazing he's, ones. Yeah, now we have five different he's, sharks, and you guys have taken all of them. He's pretty awesome. <laughs> Katie, am I have to, uh, I have to say the nurse shark? Oh, oh can't forget the nurse. Look shark. at the nurse coming in with the nurse the shark. ER nurse oh. shark. But yeah, is this the they have ER an OR nurse shark? shark? Uh, the ER nurse shark. ICU nurse shark. ER. I'm gonna go with the doctor shark. <laughs> uh, how about uh, how about Steve Zissou's jaguar shark? Are, oh, you, you guys go. take that? I, is that, I a will accept. I will accept. Is that a thing? <laughs> I will accept this. Uh, Jamie, I'm gonna go with a bull shark. Oh, Ooh, bull shark. good call. I call bull shark. <laughs> uh, because I call Randall, bull shark back at you. <laughs> Only because Brando mentioned Steve Zissou's Jaguar shark, I am going to go with Katy Perry's left shark. Oh, oh, oh. here we go. I do wear that costume at film festival. The, oh, the shark really? costume. oh, that's reason that's right there. That's reason enough to go to the film festival. <laughs> you can wear it. You guys can wear it. Uh, I will. I will put it on. Can we get to it? So I'm going to say, because I just missed by one day diving with these guys in April in Ireland, still very bitter, basking shark. Oh, oh my God. God. Another obscure, but another uh, really attractive shark. shark. Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> they're very attractive. That is one hot shark. <laughs> um, it's. It's another one of those big, amazing giants that uh, I've always been intrigued by. Yeah, yeah. Peaceful giants. Yeah, totally, totally. It's uh, you know, it's funny. We had that discussion. We were reading out of uh, that book there, Brando, uh, Sharks Tax on Man. There, like a week or so ago. It's you know those big, huge, giant monster sharks, but they're they're really the most least yeah. offensive to, to, to humans. It's, it's crazy, but they they incite so much fear just because of their size. They're giants. All right, Katie, you're up. Blue shark. Oh, good call. Good pick. They're actually blue. <laughs> what did you dive with them, Jamie? You look no, blue. I didn't I say blue shark? Oh, did you? No. I thought I did. You did I'll, not. I'll say you said did I not? Go. I was thinking blue shark then. Damn it. I, I I heard you and in my mind. You said um, <laughs> tiger, but you didn't say blue. Oh, blue tiger. Blue tiger shark. Brando, you're up. Um, I said blue tiger shark. Now, how about a uh, <laughs> sand tiger? Oh, there you go. Good call. Yeah, well, sand tiger is is good. That's uh that's acceptable. And uh, Jamie, back to you. I'm gonna go with a thresher shark. Ooh. A damn threshers. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome call. Good pick. Um, I know white tip was mentioned, but I'm going to change it by saying the oceanic white tip, which is different oh, from this. Oh, here we go. Here You're we cheating. Go. You are cheating, Peter. Totally two go totally different sharks. One's a blue water swimmer, one's a bottom feeding. Holy Stephanie, that is a massive cat. <laughs> That's I'm going with a black cat awesome. shark. Nice. <laughs> He's beautiful. That is a beautiful cat. Holy moly. Sebastian, thank you. Sebastian. He's only 20 pounds. 
All right, Steph, you're Ooh, up. Cat shark. A what? A cat shark? That was the whole cat thing. <laughs> oh. It's a cat shark? You should have known. Wait, is there really a cat shark? I've never heard of a cat shark. Is there really a cat yeah, shark? Yeah, they're super cute. Google Steph's it. Steph's using her power of science and her, her she, oh. background and her, her pedigree, and she just could say anything. She could say anything. She, go, she could do this she knows more than we do. No, it's just called the Google. The plaid shark. The plaid shark. <laughs> the, in lumberjack country. Uh, uh, I'm going to pick the, uh, has, has anybody ever heard of the flip-flop shark? It's, uh, mm. it's a very, it's a very. Down in Jamaica, man. <laughs> the Rastafarian shark, man. Katie, you're up. Lemon. Lemon shark. Lemon shark. You're reading my mind. The tequila, the tequila shark. I'm sorry. Is that what came out? Random. I'm going with the tequila if say, shark. If you say lime me. shark, I'm no the tequila <laughs> shark and the salt tequila shark. shark. They, they hang out together with the lemon shark. Um, I'm gonna uh, let's see whale shark. Nobody said whale yet. You're right. No, well, nobody said that. I was right. saving that one. Nobody's nobody has said whale shark yet. This is very true. Is that me? Jamie next. It's Jamie. Yeah, Jamie's up. How about a pajama shark? A what pajama shark? Yeah. How That's about the cool. bathrobe shark? <laughs> Pajama shark. <laughs> Maybe there's a boxer shark. How too? about the slippers shark? <laughs> <laughs> How about the uh, eggs and bacon shark? Is there an eggs and bacon? <laughs> <laughs> omelet shark? I'm more, I like the French omelet shark. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm up. Um, it's getting tough now, James. I yeah, know. I have like one more and I'm done. My shark knowledge. Hmm. I bet there's more in there. You just don't know it. Well, I, I'm 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 genuine. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going strictly by memory here. I'm I'm not looking any up. I'm not cheating. Well, you said no cheating. When someone says they're not cheating, they're, they're probably cheating. cheating. <laughs> like it's not about no. the money. It's probably about see. the money. <laughs> um can I say the, um, oh, we already said lemon, didn't we? Uh, the baby-headed bull shark. The baby-headed bull shark, that really? it? Wasn't it, that it, Stephanie, the baby-headed oh, bull? Um, a bull bullhead, I think. A bullhead, not the bull shark, but a little little teeny little bullhead shark. Yeah, that's the one, bullhead shark. Mm-hmm. Mm. Swell shark. What? A what? <laughs> Come on, the swell shark. I mean, I believe her. That but. shark is swell. <laughs> so I'm not really cheating, but maybe a tiny bit cheating. So, <laughs> you know, the shark resource. <laughs> I never I would have. You sound like divorce court right here. By, <laughs> what was it called? A swell shark. Well, that's just swell that you could remember. That. Swell. Yes. He's in one of the National Marine Sanctuaries, and I had a sanctuary thing it was just up and i happened to see it i didn't mean to cheat and there it was okay right. all right fair enough right. fair enough your computer's fault you still got one left in you i got silky and oh <laughs> silky's a good one that was the one I that i was thinking of think that i remembered from uh from my the, oh i i got Ooh, uh, that. now that just reminded me of another one. Oh, here we go the phone the shark. silky the iphone <laughs> shark Brando, what you got? Oh, um, have- I'm going to go with uh, the scalloped hammerhead. Do you remember the scalloped hammerhead? As oh, opposed to the great hammerhead? A school. As opposed to the great hammerhead. 
Yes, yes. Somebody did mention Hammerhead, but we should have clarified and, and identified wow. specifically. Yeah. If so you can go and, uh, yeah, do your... For, for Brando's sake, I will say that I said the great Hammerhead so he can use the scallop. All right, fair enough. Well, you fair didn't enough. take all sca- all Hammerheads. No I sure I did. I want the ball-peen Hammerhead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, Jamie, you're up. Isn't there like a guitar shark or something? Oh, there's a guitar fish. It's in the shark family, isn't there? Or is it a guitar shark? No, it's it's a guitar shark, right? I think it is. It is. Okay. I know there's a guitar shark. Which uh which brings me to the one that that I I I was a little bit seeing as you said the guitar fish shark. You said the bass. I I was thinking about guitar fish. Is what isn't there like the sawtooth? Yes. Oh. Right, the that thing that looks like a the thing that looks like a table saw, right? It, it looks like a chainsaw, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chainsaw it's coming off the, the face of a sawtooth shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it my turn? It is. The only other one I it is Steph's turn. Yeah, I got skipped. Oh, yeah. So don't, get, don't skip. Steph. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I just de- no. I deserve it because I was cheating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I deserve worse. <laughs> No, it's um, oh shoot! Come on, you got this stuff. A Caribbean uh, reef shark? Have we okay. said just a regular? I think a reef shark. You know what? Caribbean Nobody's reef is uh, a species. Yeah. Nobody has said the Caribbean reef. Nobody. No, you believe that? Nobody's mentioned Caribbean reef shark yet. Okay, uh, it's your turn, Katie. I'm sorry. Uh, the only other one I have is land shark. <laughs> land shark is. <laughs> I think it's acceptable. That is, uh, it's along with jaguar shark. Officially unacceptable. I just it's checked with the jaguar the, uh, shark. I think that is unacceptable. Jag- I'll just, I'll just drink. I can go down to the fridge and I'll go down to the fridge and get a land shark. See, well, listen, people. I'm out. I'm out. Four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Us just like coming up with crazy sharks, just chatting and having fun. That's over thirty different types of sharks. There's a lot more, but there's and there's thousands. we know there's tons and tons more. And yeah. um, like of this, there's only like when we look at the 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 requiem species. I think that we were talking about there the other uh, day. There, Brando. Yeah, I mean uh, of like blue water swimming gonna attack flesh sharks I mean there's a very small portion of this 30 that we listed that even falls into that category and we named like the the big bad famous ones yeah so yeah, let me uh, let's, let's um I, I i know we kind of went a little bit crazy off topic but that does happen from time to time when it's you know a bunch of friends just sitting around talking having fun which um we certainly have been tonight. We hit a lot of stuff. As far as last words, I would like a quick little last word from the three ladies that were so kind to take up their time tonight and join us. Um, last words, <laughs> women, uh, women in diving. There should be more of us, and they shouldn't be afraid. No, absolutely. Right, I agree with you, Jamie. Uh, we need to see more women out there because I, I think it's. It's what women have brought to scuba in the last decade. In my opinion, diving has grown to a wonderful new level in the last 10 years that it hasn't been able to do in the last 70. And I think a lot of that is what I mentioned earlier about 
like real women coming into scuba because they really want to be there in this last decade. Absolutely. I mean, come out and try it. You don't know if you're going to fall in love with it or not until you actually make that first step and don't let anybody stop you. If it's something that you want to do, just do it. It shouldn't be men and women should just be diving. I I would agree with you there. Very nicely said, ladies. Very nicely said. You know, I wish I had something. Words of encouragement. Yeah, I don't. A word for the ladies, Stephanie. A word for the the women out there that are going to be the new torchbearers for diving, for diving, for shark conservation, conservation. shipwreck conservation. That new girl, that new fifteen year old girl that's taking class for the first time, who's going to be the next Stephanie up there in Thunder Bay. What do you got to say to her? (laughs) Oh my lord! Okay, this was your daughter. What would you say to her? I guess the first thing I would say doesn't necessarily fall along gender lines, but I would say that there's two things in my life that I've learned that I think are the most empowering experiences, activities that anyone can do. And I think in a, well, I guess it is along gender lines. Okay. It's coming that I think that in in our world, women, it's important to direct young women towards things that are empowering. And the two most empowering things I've, I've learned in my life, wish I had done them much earlier, much younger, are diving and sailing. And I think then describing what both those things are about and what you learn and how all-encompassing they are, how much you're learning about, you know, science and the environment and your physiology and um, weather and physics with both of those, uh, that it's it's, that's so empowering to do that. So whether you're a super bold and brave, already self-empowered female, or whether you're a, you know, and here I'm going along, you know, stereotypical gender characteristics, or whether you're a, a more timid, uh, not sure of yourself, young man, diving is the answer and, and dive right in. I love that answer. I love it too. Yeah, I, love I, it. I, I would say you can do that with anything, with anything. Mm-hmm you can become empowered by pursuing anything you have a passion for, whether it be diving and sailing or I don't care if it's reading books or art or whatever. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter what gender you are, just follow your passion. Beautiful. Yeah. Finding, I mean, is, is that not the reason why we are alive on this planet? is to find purpose and to find passion. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And, and help. And I don't think that anyone, regardless of what they find purpose and passion for, should, should have to answer for that. They should, and they, don't. They, they should be encouraged to pursue it. Mm-hmm. I'm so envious of people who have found diving so much sooner than I have. Um, and I'm, that gets me very excited to pass that down to my kids um, as early as I can mm-hmm. to give them something so powerful that I didn't have until later. Awesome. Even if they don't take to it. And that's, that's right, been right. my kind just, of thing. Is, just the introduction, you know, yeah. without pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did tell them if they didn't like it, that I would no longer speak to them. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> I'm done with you. You're not my son. I'm not my daughter. I'm done with you. 
What about uh, what about on sharks, ladies? What's 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 your final words to tell to to send the people away about sharks, Katie? Um, they're apex predators. They, you know, with all the reasons that we need them, um, they they really do shape the ecosystem. Um, I was reading something about tiger sharks in Australia and how they it's not just managing prey populations it's managing uh prey behavior and something about the green turtles eat the seagrass and because the tiger sharks were prevalent there um the the turtles would pick and choose where they were going to graze on the seagrass and in turn the seagrass really was able to flourish and their role in the world is that they're carbon sinks and that they um, capture and store carbon from the atmosphere. And, and in turn, that affects us because it affects uh, climate change and just they're so much more important than than we know. And that it, it their life um, changes ours. And, and for some reasons that we don't even know yet. So and probably vice versa. Right. We need them. Awesome. Steph. I've already went. Jamie. What? No, no, we're, on, we're on sharks now. Oh, sharks. I'm sorry. Hold on. Last, Hold on, word. last, uh, last <laughs> words on sharks. Yeah, okay, sure. last word. Why? What did the shark say when she ate the clownfish? <laughs> this is, you've, been, you've, been, you've been talking with Brandon in the green room, haven't you? You've been talking to Brandon in the green room. <laughs> what, Steph? What did the shark say to the clownfish? It kind of tastes funny. <laughs> I feel bad saying that after Katie's really eloquent. <laughs> it's okay. Which one of you I, girls was the scientist again? Let me I just mind. said what you were thinking. That's all. Right, just, right. We Thank reverse you. roles for a minute. <laughs> Jamie, how about you? What, uh, last Last word on sharks. I don't even know where to begin on this one. There's a lot of false information out there on sharks, just like there is on everything else. And I feel that a lot of people that don't understand are because about how graceful the sharks are because they they haven't taken the time to to research it. So take the time, get to understand them and what they really do and what they mean for our whole ecosystem before you make those judgments and don't always believe what you hear about on shark week. Yeah. And, and find um, like find a, a shark operator out there that exists. That's there to educate the, the community and share in the conservation and, and help out that species as well, along with, uh, allowing us to have a recreation of enjoying and watching and viewing them and, and doing cool dives because uh, they're out there. Yep, absolutely. And there's there's more of them around today than there probably ever has been in the past, right? So yeah, for sure. Go out and get educated. And I was actually lucky enough when I first started diving. Um, one of uh, one of the people I dove with quite a bit actually had done research on sharks, um, and I remember. One of the first times we were going to the Bahamas, um, we were actually taking Wolf's son with us and he had never been warm water diving. And he was absolutely, he was 15 years old and he was absolutely petrified of jumping into the water with sharks. And so 
we actually had him talk to this gentleman that we were diving with and, you know, he'd done all this shark research. And so it alleviated his fears a little bit, but he was still like, I'm not doing the shark dive. There's no way. And we just happened to see a shark on a dive a couple of days before the shark dive was scheduled. And, and, uh, you know, kind of, he was kind of a little shocked at first and then he just watched it. And before you knew it, he was swimming after it because he just wanted <laughs> to keep watching it. Yeah. So you never you never know, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually jumped in and did the shark dive. Awesome. Awesome. That's I mean, that's that's education right there. And that that's real learning right there. When you can change somebody's thoughts and change somebody's behavior completely. Yep. And, and we didn't even say anything. Love it. Love it. Love it. Witnessed it. What about um, what about local diving, Jamie? What's your what's your last words on local diving? Well, we don't always have the best conditions up here to go local diving in. Um, it's cold. It's low vis. It's um, it never sounds too appealing, but at the end of the day, I mean, for me, diving is a way to kind of get away from all the other thoughts that are in my head on a daily basis, from just life and work and everything else. So it really is that moment in time where you're not, you're only concentrating, you're in the moment, you're truly in the moment. Cause I don't think a lot of society is truly in the moment these days with all the distractions and phones and you name it. There's always something, you know, squirrel, right? Like whatever. <laughs> um, and diving is really the only thing that gets you, it gets me away from that and could potentially get you away from that. So, I mean, jump in, try it. You, you never know. Um, you may not like local diving, but there there might be a bigger world out there for you as well. But there's still a lot to uh, to learn and find out about right in our own backyard. Um, and as I was um, saying in, in our introductions through email earlier, I mean, we live where I live here. We're close to three great lakes and a couple of awesome rivers. And there's just so much opportunity within a couple hour drive that you don't have to wait for that once a year Caribbean vacation. So just get out and do it. Awesome. Steph, how about you? I agree very much because I live in a place that's, well, I guess we all live up here, don't we? <laughs> We're all up here in the cold, the cold North. And some of my best dives have been in miserable conditions, you know, low visibility. Um, but the there's two things that'll keep you diving and that's having dive buddies and that's what makes diving fun and also having your own gear sounds like a plug for dive shops but <laughs> i guess it kind of is um yeah so dive die and the way to do that is diving local and you can couple if you're if you're you know struggling to find a, a reason to go diving uh, there's all sorts of other reasons you can get out there you know aside from just going diving and logging another dive you could do dive cleanups which james is is involved in for sure um, or Patty Women's Dive Day. There's another reason, you know, to go diving. So make it an event and and get in the water whenever you can. Yeah, and like what, the more you start doing, the more active you get at it. You, you're gonna find a you're gonna find a purpose. You're gonna find a reason. You're gonna find a passion for it that'll keep bringing you back. You know, Katie, how about you? Last words on local diving. I really like. Jamie's answer and I can really attest to that because uh as soon as I'm underwater uh, no one needs me and it's quiet no one's screaming and it's it, it is definitely an escape um for me it's 
it's the adventure of it and um, challenges that it, it makes you cross as an individual. And I guess the overall appreciation for how small humans really are. And, and, um, and that when you, when you go underwater, you, you are forced to think of your role and a bigger part that you play um, in making the world a better place than you found it. Wow. Awesome. What a great way to end. That was a good one. Love it. Well said, Katie. Thanks. Very well said. All right, girls. Um, are you um, are you signing log books or is that tomorrow? Um, <laughs> would you uh, would you ladies like to sign log books? By the way, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> at the at the no. end of every episode, I love Stephanie, her. We uh, we sign log books at the end of every every episode. They write love notes to each other. Yeah, we, yeah. we write, uh, they're kind of like love notes to each other more <laughs> than they are. Ladies, can I, can I hand, can I have your log books, please? I'm going to sign here. I'm going to like. You're going to sign all three of them? I'm gonna, yes, I got carbon. I got carbon paper. Uh, and, um, hey, Stephanie the 1990s called. They want their Jamie carbon paper, paper loan. And, what are you talking about? Do they still use carbon paper, James? No. Ladies. Finding passion and purpose underwater is everything that I've ever hoped recording this episode underwater with you could bring. Thank you for a great time. Oh, that was old James. That was beautiful. That was deep, James. Deep is the key word there. Deep. (laughs) Ladies, you're all looking really hot. Ocean Ramsey. No, Brando. Ocean Brando. How's that? (laughs) That's offensive, isn't it? Is that offensive enough? (laughs) Katie, would you like to uh Katie, would you like to sign our log books? Um, thank you for the privilege of being included, um, being asked to do an outline. Um, and I'm honored to be present with you two ladies and um yeah you're welcome oh them yeah what about us james (laughs) steph would you like to sign our love books oh my goodness yes i would i was hoping you'd ask dear james and brando (laughs) you sexist Oh, shoot. She stole it. <laughs> Die, you sexist pigs. <laughs> dive, dive, dive. There you go. I, I like that one. Jamie? I can say- from Red, uh, Hunt for Red October. Direct- yeah, Toshin, we could do it in German. Taschen, Taschen, Taschen. Taschen. Jamie, how about you? You're going to sign some log books? Absolutely. I'm going to sign the ladies' log books first. Ladies. <sighs> Stephanie, Katie, thank you so much. It's been an absolute privilege to be here with you both. And uh, I hope we get to dive together again real soon. And James and Brando, uh, again, I'm going to reiterate what Katie said. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've had a ton of fun. And you two are the best bull sharks ever. Hey, why why do sharks dive in salt water? I can't help it.
Please <laughs> don't. If they dove in pepper water, they'd sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make that one up? No. Katie, really? 